All right, well, um, I didn't have a question this week, but I have something that I'd like to share first. I would like to talk about uh, a couple stories that I saw on, you know, the on the internet. And one of them, uh, one was a really uh, good story, or it was something that made me proud, and the other one was made me made me kind of ashamed. Um, I'll talk about the first one that was that kind of made me shamed. It was about the protest that took place in the state capitol. I think it was on May first. I'm not sure, but there was a woman that was there who organized it, and the the local police force. It seems. Um, really harassed her and uh you know took her and and into custody kept her in the car with the heater on and uh basically abused her to the point where she almost passed out and it really made me um upset to hear that that you know that people who are standing up for their constitutional rights here in the state of hawaii are being treated like that and you know we as christians um should be willing to speak up for what is righteous you know it says we're to speak up for a righteous cause and to stand for what is right and i i just don't agree with the government taking that sort of liberty i i actually wrote a um email to or a, a note to the governor today i was so upset about that and saying that you know this kind of action with the police force needs to be reined in it's really you know uh tyrannical and um so we need to be praying about that sort of thing but the other one that I saw that was really good in California, Sacramento is the capital of California, and uh, there was a former Marine, and they were they were you know doing a peaceful protest. They they just wanted to go back to work and stop this quarantine business, and there was you know a sizable amount of people out in front of the state capital in Sacramento protesting, and there was a, a former Marine who was there and he took the bullhorn and he started speaking and he, he wasn't rude. He was just very well-spoken and he was speaking to this, this multitude of um, riot police with full gear on. And he was telling them, you know, just because you're told to do this, doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it a right thing that you're doing here. He says, you, you have to really uh, consider in your gut what a right uh, order is or righteous uh, order. And if it's not, you have to determine that in your heart. When you go home and you look at your kids and you're you're enforcing things that are not righteous, how are you going to sleep? You know, how are you going to be with yourself? And the most amazing thing, you can look this up, you know, it was a, a riot, riot, please stand down in Sacramento. Look it up and watch the video. I was so uh, proud of the Marine who stood up and spoke, you know, not with malice or hate but just with reason and with uh, righteousness and the constitution on his side how these guys turned around and walked away the 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 riot police walked away. i've never seen that happen ever you know normally when you get into that situation it's it's a standoff and nobody's going to give ground and i and i got to give props to the to the riot police of california that their conscience was enough that was it was um pricked enough to where they said you know what what we're doing here is not right and they walked away i i just i have uh uh we need to pray that that be the case in this country that we see more of that that there's enough righteous men and women and especially people in the uh, positions of authority that would uh not enforce um things that they took they took a vow when when they took office to 
defend the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic. And so uh, before we get studied study the word, let's pray together. And this is serious. This is serious uh, times that we're living in. We're seeing a lot of things uh, transpiring right now, but I believe that the church is a powerful, powerful force. And let's pray that God would use the, the prayers of the saints to um, rein this in. And Father God, we come before you this evening and we thank you for the name of Jesus that's above every name. We thank you, Lord, for the authority that you've invested in your church through your Holy Spirit, that when we pray collectively, there's there's great power in that. And Lord, we pray for those who are in leader, leadership positions that they would take their oath to defend our Constitution and our God-given rights, that they would take that seriously. And whether they be in the military, the police force, our governors, our mayors, our president, our senators and Congress people, con you know, congressmen and women, Lord, we pray that they would take that seriously. Wake them up and, and let them know that when they took that oath, that that was... Uh, an oath that they took to you and they'll stand before you and give an account. And we just pray, Lord, for a spirit of repentance to fall upon this country and that we would have revival, that we would see people get saved in these last days. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon this time in your word also. The word that I wanted to talk about today is about timing. You know, we're seeing so many things happening in the world right now. And what does it mean? Does it mean that we're in the tribulation period? Does it mean that Jesus is coming back soon? Um, you know, from my studies in the Word, no, we're not in the tribulation period yet. That That is going to be a, a time unlike any other. And But there's things that take place that ramp up to that time uh, in history, which I believe is um, a seven-year period. If you look at the book of Daniel and you, you study the book of Revelation, which they're synonymous with one another, you have to kind of look at the two of them and it's like um, two lenses of a pair of glasses. And when you look at that, it, it is definitely a seven-year period. It has primarily to do with the nation of Israel. It's the, it's a time of trouble uh, in the world that in Matthew, it says there was no, no time like this, nor ever will be. And God even says that if unless he didn't shorten those times, that time, that no flesh, nobody would survive. It's such a bad time. So there were definitely not in the tribulation period yet. But we are seeing a lot of the pieces being put in place to where uh, once this thing starts to happen, um, there's nothing going to stop it. It's just going to it's just going to be like a um, like we're on a roller coaster and the roller coaster is going up to the top of the incline. And once you crest the hill and it starts to whip around the turns, you know, it's just going to go really quick. But all the infrastructure is being put in place right now. We're seeing it. So that means that if if we see all these things coming into place where they're coming into clear focus right now that means the coming of the lord for his church is that much closer you know it's just like when we start to see um nowadays you know halloween is such a big holiday we're seeing all these halloween displays and you know we just breeze right through uh thanksgiving anymore and then right after that we're seeing christmas so we're like wow you know <laughs> we see halloween displays we know christmas is right around the corner and so just like we're seeing these signs being set up right now, we're seeing an authoritarian form of government being set up. We're seeing a real push for one world governance. We're seeing a push for one world economic system with the potential of the system that we're having right now to be crashed. And then an implementation of a cashless society. 
we're seeing all these things that the Bible clearly talked about thousands, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, coming into place. Whereas these things wouldn't have been possible, you know, a couple, you know, several decades ago. It wouldn't be possible with the technology that we have right now. It's definitely possible. It's it's actually being implemented right now. So if that be the case, we know that uh, Jesus is coming back soon, and he's coming back for his church. The thing that the church is looking for, because the church is a separate entity, it's a mystery that the Lord talks about in uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and 2. And uh, when the Jews rejected the gospel, uh, there was a, a plan of a salvation that went to the Jews, I mean, uh, to the Gentiles. God recognizes three types of people. It's, you know, it's in the book of Corinthians. He talks about give no offense to the Jews, the Gentiles, or the church of God. So there's three three entities that God looks at, Jews, Gentiles, and the church. Right now we're in the age of the church, we're in the age of grace, we're in the age where God says that he's composing a body for himself made up of Jews and Gentiles, and we are an entity called the church. It's a mystery, like I said, you can read in the book of uh, Ephesians, uh, particularly in chapter uh, 1 and 2 that Paul talks about that, that he was given... Uh, an understanding of this of this thing that God was doing. So the 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 um, scripture I do want to go to it's in Matthew twenty four, and it's talking about um, you know the ramp up to all these things, and uh, talking about uh, the generation that would see the culmination of all these things that are happening, and um, you know we we're familiar with you know chapter twenty four of of, uh, of the book of uh, Matthew. You know it's it's uh, the part that talks about, you know, the, the signs that we're going to see is we would see um, wars, rumors of wars, don't be deceived, false prophets, earthquakes in various places, pestilences, um, people uh, betraying one another, the hearts of many growing cold because of lawlessness and all these things. You know, we're basically seeing all those things that are taking place right now. And, and uh, you know, and then it goes, therefore, uh uh, chapter uh, chapter 24, verse 15, it says, Therefore, when you see, he's speaking to the Jews, and he's speaking about an event that's going to take place in the midpoint of the tribulation period. So this is, you know, having to do with this, this is after the rapture of the church, and this is, this is events that are going on during the tribulation. And he's saying to those who are Jews, because the book of Matthew was written to the Jews, it says, Therefore, when you see the abomination that causes desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet who's standing in the holy place. Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judah flee to the mountains. Let him who is in the house but not, not go down to take anything out of his house. Let who, him in his field not get, go back and get his clothes. So it's talking about the midpoint of the tribulation. And these the reason why I read that read that is because it's for context. There's um, He's talking about a Jewish people. They're back in the land at this point. And apparently there's a temple rebuilt. And so these are some of the signs that tell us a time frame right there. Um, right now, um, the Jews are back in their land. And um, there's a great, great uh, push right now, a great desire to rebuild the temple. In fact, during the uh, this last uh, uh, Passover, they actually kind of walked around with a sacrificial sheep. And they were, they were really wanting to uh, do a sacrifice or, a, you know, slaughter that. And, and go back to the Old Testament times, but you know the the Muslims would freak out if they did something like that. So that was that was not something that was fulfilled at this point. And so, um, so as you know, we're seeing all these different signs. 
in, in, uh, that, that precede the coming, the physical coming of the Lord back to this earth. These are all the things that, uh, like I said, as we see um, Thanksgiving or uh, Halloween coming, then we know Christmas is shortly coming. So I'll, I'll say Christmas is the actual coming of the Lord Jesus Christ back physically to the planet Earth where he steps down on the Mount of Olives. That's his coming to take dominion. But before that takes place, there's a coming for the church. And it's, it's called in Titus uh, 2.13, it's called looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a coming for the church when he comes back to take dominion of the earth. He's coming back with the church. So there's two comings. There's a coming for the church, and then there's a coming back with the church. And so he says this about reading all these signs, the, you know, the, all the, you know, the, um, uh, all these different things that would precede Christ taking dominion. He says, now learn the parable from the fig tree when its branches already become tender and puts forth leaves. Know that the summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will, will by no means pass away. So you're studying this. And some people say that the fig tree is, is synonymous with Israel, and it is in, in places, but I think, um, you know, the, we can't make a real dogmatic statement about that. Some people make the case that uh, that is specifically about Israel. Uh, it says, but I'll I just, let me throw this out there. I wrote this on. It says, the, the people who live to see all these signs listed in the previous verse, the fig tree is, is not per se Israel, but the example of how quickly these events once started will come to pass. So as reading about it, it says it's not going to be once you see Israel come back into the land. It's not going to be a, a very, very long period with gaps in between. Once these things happen, it's going to be a continuous stream. Once you see a fig tree start putting out tenderness for the new leaves that know that summer's next and there's going to be fruit on that tree. So you're saying there's going to be a, 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 a consistent progression towards the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is, is the point of that. Now, you know, the, the, you, they say that this generation will no, no means pass away. Some people are saying, okay, well, if, if uh, the generation is the people that saw, and where does, this, where does this thing begin? You know, when does this prophecy begin? When does a generation begin? Some people like to say, well, you know, Israel was scattered during, uh, after the crucifixion of Christ, and Jesus was you know, he was lamenting when he came into Jerusalem. He says, if you guys would have only known the time of your visitation, you know, the kingdom was, was presented to you and you did not recognize it. And he was weeping because the travail that was going to go on. And he said, he looked at the temple. He says, not one stone of your temple that you're so proud of will be left upon another and um, that won't be thrown down. So in 70 AD, it was called the uh, uh, Dispora that the Romans came in because the Jews are rebelling, rebelling against Roman authority. They came and laid siege to the city of Jerusalem and over, you know, over a million Jews perished in that. And they, they starved them out and they eventually uh, besieged the city and tore down the temple stone at a time until that prophecy of the Lord was totally fulfilled. It said also that they would be uh, scattered into all the nations. Most, a lot of them were killed, and then some were sold into slavery, and there were so many of them, nobody even wanted to buy them. And so they were scattered throughout the earth, 
and the the remains of a Jewish nation just was scattered to the winds. And so from that time, um, let me see, and it, let's go to Luke 21, which talks about that. So this all has a bearing on the days of which we're living in. We have to know history in order to know uh, where this thing is going. Um, so Luke 21, uh, verse 24 it says, well, let me read from 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that his desolation is near. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And uh, let those who are in the country not enter her. For these are days of vengeance. And all things that are written will be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant. Those who are nursing babes in, the, in those days. For it will be great distress in the land and the wrath upon this people and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive to all nations and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So that was a prophecy that was fulfilled in 70 AD. In fact, there was a, they first besieged the city. It was surrounded by Roman uh, legions. And I, I forget the name of the general, but he got sick and he, or he was called back to Rome. And there was a gap in, in, this, in this action. And the Christians who remember Jesus giving this prophecy, when they said, this is the time, he said, when, when you see this, the city being surrounded at this point, let's get out of here. So the, all the Christians left. They left the city of Jerusalem at that point. And um, the Romans came back uh, with Titus and they encircled them again and basically starved them out and killed them at that point. And I forget who I heard, somebody who's, who was really uh, up to speed with Jewish history and said that was at the time where there was a real divide between the Christian Jews and the Jews who, um, you know, who retained their Judaism. They just said, see these people. But the amazing thing was the, the Christian Jews heeded this word of this prophecy. They got out of Jerusalem and not one Christian died in that because they took the, the word of the Lord to heart. So that was pretty amazing. Um, you remember when Jesus... You know, he's talking about the, 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 the uh, branches on the fig tree, and the fig tree is, is green and it's tender, and then know that summer is near. In Luke uh, 23, when Jesus was going to the cross, you know, he said something interesting. And, he's, you know, he was being led away to the cross, and this is Luke 23, um, 26. He says, Now they led him away. They laid hold of a certain man, Simon the Cyrenian, who was coming in from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear up to Jesus. And a great multitude of people followed him. And the women who also mourned lamented him. Um, and Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are those who are barren wounds and have never bore the breasts and breasts which never nurse. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills to cover us. For if they do these things in the greenwood, what will they be done in the dry? So he was, he, once again, he was prophesying about this, this siege that was going to take place. And because of this rebellious act of them uh, crucifying their Messiah, and he was saying it's going to be so hard. If they're willing to do this in the greenwood, what would they do in the dry? Jesus was like the greenwood. These guys were being rebellious and they were going to be the dry wood. What are the Romans going to do to them? So they really, you know, tore it up. And I think that possibly could have prophetic implications with a scripture that I'm going to bring up in a little bit. So they were led away captive uh, into all the world. Um, in Ezekiel 36, 19, you know, it, it, it talks about... Um, 
Let me see, 3619, what was that scripture that I wrote down? So it says in 3619, So I scattered them amongst the nations, and they were dispersed throughout the countries, and I judged them according to their ways and their deeds. This is the word of the Lord. So he, it, was a, it was a rebuke because they rejected their Messiah. And so the Jews are a sign. So for, you know, hundreds of years, the Jews have been scattered, you know, scattered to the world. And let me let me just read this. It says that this uh, they were dispersed in 70 AD. Um, if uh, Jesus was, he was they were dispersed at 70 AD. AD, and then in May 14, 1948, a miracle took place, and uh, this nation was gathered again together. You know, they were gathered again together, and in I think it is it's in Isaiah. 66 it was a prophecy that says will a nation be born in a day will a you know woman bring to birth you know and and, and it's it was a miraculous thing you know that the jews were desiring to come back into their land and uh, god brought them back together in the land as he said he was it's this is in isaiah 66 8 it says who has heard of such a thing who has seen such a thing shall the earth be made to give birth in one day or shall a nation be born at once for as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Shall I bring the thing to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord? Shall I cause delivery and shut up the womb, says your God? So it was a miraculous thing that this this nation that was um, just scattered to the four winds of the earth were brought together uh, in, um, you know, it started around the turn of the century, but they were recognized as a nation in May 14, 1948. That was a very significant thing that took place. Because there was many people back in the day when they would study Bible prophecies and they would see the things that were written about Israel, yet fulfilled, unfulfilled prophecy. They go, oh, we must allegorize this or must spiritualize it because Israel doesn't exist anymore. But there was people who were very strict in their in their Bible hermeneutic or they, they kept very strict um a regulation on the word and they said no there's coming a there's coming a time in the future where Israel will be gathered back into their land in the last days and they were right they they were speaking that and they they didn't see it but they were saying this has to take place because God said he was going to do this and it happened in 1948 it was recognized as a nation so that's a very big miraculous sign so that's kind of within the range of you know maybe our parents lifespan and then we're moving on from there 1967 they gained, they gained um, uh, control over Jerusalem. Uh, here's some scriptures that were would be in line with that in Ezekiel you know we all know the the dry bones prophecy so this was speaking you know he was speaking to the prophet uh, uh, Ezekiel 37 1 through 14 and the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out of the spirit in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in a valley in the midst of full of bones and he caused me to pass by all around and behold there were very many in the open valley indeed they were very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live so it, i answered and said lord you know again he said to me prophesy to these bones and say to them oh dry bones hear the word of the lord thus says the lord god these bones surely i will cause breath to enter in to you and you shall live and i'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So this was the prophecy that you know was given Ezekiel hundreds and hundreds of years before you know this this diaspora or this scattering. And then he's saying, in the last days, I'm going to bring you back, 
And then it goes on. They said in, in verse 11, it said, he said, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry and our hope is lost. We ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know I am the Lord that have opened up your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land and you shall know that I am the Lord, I have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. So this is prophecy fulfilled. This happened within, you know, uh, recent history. And um, let's see, uh, 30, 38, 38, also it says, after many days. So this is a time frame that kind of, it pins it so that this was, a, we know that this happened, you know, in the latter days. It says in, in uh, chapter 38 of Ezekiel, it says, after many days. You will be visited in the latter years. You will come into the land of these brought back from the sword and gathered from many people, the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate and were brought out of the nations. And all now all of them dwell safely. So this is a prophecy speaking about the fact that this land lay desolate, that Mark Twain even went over there and visited um, Zion here. He visited the Holy Land before the Jews actually started coming back uh, the, during the Zionist movement, he said this land was so desolate and so bleak, there was hardly any trees there. There was nothing. And then as the Jews started coming back, they started reviving the land. And not only that, the weather, it says, would change. And I was just looking at something online that was saying how there was a correlation to the amount of rain that came within the uh, the area of Jerusalem or Israel and the amount of people coming back. When more people came in, there was more rain. There was a graph that correlated, uh, you know, pretty straight across. The more people immigrated, the more rain that came in. So they were saying, wow, was there a correlation with those two things? And it looked like there was. Um, it says that, uh, verse 16 also is another one that I wrote down. It says, you will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It'll be in the latter days. I'll bring you against my land so that the nations may know me and I'm hollowed in you, O God, before their eyes. So it's once again, it's it's saying in the latter days, this would take place. This is something that didn't take place way back in the, in the day, but it's happening now. You know, he's brought these people back now. There's prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled uh, in line with this, but these things are all like precursors to the fact that the prophetic words of God are being fulfilled in our day. The things that I would say that are happening right now that are um, so evident, you know, we're seeing uh, our, our, how this government, how overnight everything just got shut down, you know, throughout, not only in the United States, but throughout the world, you know, businesses are shut down, air travel is shut down. You know, there, there's just so many things that are, that are just have come to a halt right now. And basically, it's it's a flexing muscle on control. We're seeing how much um, uh, like of our constitutional rights are being violated right now here in the here in America. You know, we're we're it's like oh, you can't go out here, you can't do this, you can't gather as a church, and all these kind of things that are happening. And it came so quickly. And these are all things that the Bible says would take place. You know, in the last days, and we're seeing it. It's been a it's a setup right now where they want to have a worldwide control. They want to keep people in this condition. They want to bring in a vaccination. They want to vaccinate and then basically track or take a number 
of all the people on the earth. That's that's their, their total end game is what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring in that amount of control where we say we can't be safe anymore because of this, uh, this terrible uh, virus that's out there that everybody's going to have to get this um, vaccination. And the Bible is very clear about that when you get into the book of Revelation uh, about a mark of the beast. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say this is the mark of the beast. I definitely would not take this vaccination. I don't trust Bill Gates. I don't trust the people that are giving that. I don't trust the reason why they're giving that. And I, I just don't like the whole uh, authoritarian uh, aspect of that. And uh, But it's all leading to what the book of Revelation. And as we get into that book, that's, what, that's the things that we're going to uh, see in this infrastructure that's being put in place right now. Um, you know, the... Um, so the point of this is we're seeing so many things um, coming into focus that we waited for for hundreds of years. The number one being the nation of Israel is back in their land. Number two, there's many enemies that the Bible talks about in, the, in that prophecy in Ezekiel. They'd be surrounded by enemies. And those very enemies, what the Bible talks about, Persia is one, which is Iran. Magog is another, which is Russia. They're, they're in an alliance right now, which they never had an alliance before. Uh, Damascus is, is, is a ruinous heap, or, and it, it's still being occupied, but there's coming a point where it's going to be absolutely just destroyed. Um, uh, Damascus was one of the oldest, most continuously inhabited cities on the face of the earth, and it's just been bombed into oblivion. You can look it up on the internet, look up uh, Damascus, Roop of uh, um, Ruinous Heap, and, and they have uh, drone footage of this place. Just it used to be a beautiful city, and but it said in the last days it would just be bombed into rubble, and, and here we are. Um, Israel at some point will be invaded by uh, Russia, Iran, and, and several enemies, but God is going to stand up at that point and defend Israel. Now the thing is, right now, we are in the church age. We're, we're in the age of the church right now, and according to the book of Daniel, there is a seven-year period of unfulfilled prophecy having to do with Israel, and it's almost like when you play, when you play chess, that, you know, there's, there, there are two timers on the board there, that one guy makes his move and he hits the timer and the clock stops and then the, the play is going on the other guy. The other guy's making his moves over. Right now, we're the church. We're making the moves and Israel, the, the timer has been stopped on them. But there's a seven-year period that is unfulfilled in prophecy that is yet to be, um, uh, yet, to, yet future. And that is the tribulation period, which the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation talk about. And we're on the very cusp of that. So if... We are here uh, in this day, and, and it's, uh, let's see, Jesus was crucified uh, in 30 AD, and here we are in 2020 AD, and then you subtract from that seven years for the tribulation period, because I, I believe the church will not be here for the tribulation period. That puts us at 2013, that the rapture could take place within this this narrow uh, period of time. Twenty one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, two thousand twenty one. I'm sorry. Um, so what I'm basically saying is, you know, in the book of Peter, it says, uh, talking about prophecy, it says you have a more sure word of prophecy. It says, don't forget this one thing that with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. 
you, right now, we, you know, according to, uh, you know, the, the chronology of the Bible, we've been here pretty close to 6,000 years from the time of the creation of Adam until now, about 6,000 years. There's one period left of time. Well, there's the seven-year tribulation period, but there's a last dispensation, which is called the millennial period, which the book of Revelation covers. It's a thousand-year period. So in all of that, that would be 6,000 years of man's uh, existence here on the planet, and then a thousand-year period at the end, which would be 7,000 years, which would be like a, a an illustration of a week, because the, the, the last day or the seventh day is a Sabbath. It's a day of rest. So we're, we're on the very edge of that, of that time frame. Um, and, and there's a seven-year period that is unfulfilled prophecy that has to do with Israel. We're right on the, on the, um, uh, on the edge of that. And um, in closing, let me just read this scripture really quickly. It's having, having to do with God's plan, having to do with the nation of Israel. He's not finished with Israel yet. He, he basically um, poured out his grace upon the church, but he's not done. And it says uh, in Romans 11, um, let me read from verse 13. It says, For I speak to you Gentiles insomuch as I'm an apostle to the Gentile. Paul was the apostle to the, to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke you to jealousy those who are of my flesh, and save some of them. So he says, by my ministry, I'm trying to provoke these Jews so that they would get saved by Jesus Christ because Jesus is a Jewish Messiah, but now I've been sent to the Gentiles. But he says, I want to, I still want to save some of them for verse 15. For if they're being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is holy also. If the root is holy, the branches uh, are, uh, so are the branches. If some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive were grafted in amongst them and because of your uh, partaker of the, the root and the fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that, that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said, because of unbelief they were broken off and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear, for God did not spare the natural branches. He may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and the severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you will also be cut off. And then they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you are cut off, uh, cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature and grafted into a contrary nature, into a cultivated tree, how much more will these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and then all Israel be saved. So right now we're in the time of the the, the, the church age, the time that the church is composed of both Jews and Gentiles, but there's coming a time where the church age is going to come to a close at the rapture of the church, and then God's grace is going to go back upon the nation of Israel, and his plan is going to be that seven-year period to bring redemption to the Jews. So God is working all things out. You know, even as we see all this craziness in the world, that our job is to remember to keep our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ because uh, he's coming back soon. And we got to make sure that we stay uh, focused upon that. 
and stay uh, right with the Lord and pray it prayerful and uh, keep looking up because the redemption or redemption dropped nigh. All right. And that's pretty much what I have to say tonight. Thank you guys for, for um, watching tonight's uh, word and I'll see you on Wednesday night. Okay. God bless.